This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Shaneas. This is our preview of the upcoming match at Craven Cottage against West Bromwich Albion. This should be a great match on Saturday. We're going to preview it. I look forward to talking to Giannis all about that. And a bonus topic we're going to have on this show. I want to get Giannis's thoughts on the increasing basketball picks on corners that Fulham are using. I want to get his view on the picks are they legal are they illegal what are his thoughts on that okay let's not waste any time mr janaeus how you doing you looking forward to doing the show i am sir i am sir there's been it's been it's been a busy week here in the in a busy school and as you can see i've got bears accompanying me behind that are keeping an eye on me okay excellent <laughs> good stuff all right Giannis. as i mentioned we will spend the majority of the time talking about the big match with west brom but I have to talk to you about your thoughts on Fulham's tactics on corners. Now, this isn't by accident. They've been practicing this. I noticed it against Hull City. I also noticed it against Birmingham City. But they, I want to say, have probably been doing it pretty much all the time when they have a chance on corners. They have special plays that they're running, and they are actually running basketball picks to get players open. So, I want to get your thoughts on what's been going on with it. And is this obstruction, Giannis? Uh, I'm curious your view. I listened to the Fulhamish podcast, and Peter Russell said that he had talked with some officials, and he said basically it is obstruction. But 
the Fulham players are doing such a good job of not making it look like it's obstruction, meaning that it looks like it's incidental. But they are blocking the pathway. So I'm curious your view on this. I think that you should do what you can within the rules. Is this within the rules, my friend? I'm curious your views. I think I think it is. Uh, I mean, if, if you firstly, if, if teams want to stop whining about tactics we use at corners, they should stop giving away corners. <laughs> right? uh, firstly, exactly. Secondly, if you look at if you look at corner kicks, just just in isolation, and if you whether you're defending or you're attacking, and the number of shirt pulling and grappling and standing on each other's boots and what have you. There is so much obstruction. You could probably call 15 free kicks one way and 20 penalties the other. It happens right. in every single corner. So um, I find it really, really rather daft that teams do this, and yet they're going to moan about something that's considered to be a pick. It's, it's silly stuff. I think it's just gamesmanship trying to alert officials ahead of time about right. things that, that, that happen. And I think it's unfair. In, in the during the game, things happened. The first goal against uh, uh, Nottingham Forest was criticised because um, of supposed picks in the box. But how about the notion that when the ball came across, Mitro was left virtually unmarked to make the run inside to do the flick that led to the own goal? That right. had nothing to do. Yeah, had nothing to do with it. So I think it's all. I think it's all handbags. I think teams need to shut up. I think they need to not give away corner kicks and they need to do a better job in terms of defending them instead of moaning about it. Exactly. It's, it's funny that you say it that way because, like I said, I was listening to the Fulmish podcast and I believe that Cooper was complaining to the refs before the game, warning them. And the big question is, well, again, on the Fulmish podcast, they brought up this topic. Did he warn his own players? <laughs> you know, Did he warn his own players about this? Were they prepared for this? Because, again, you can complain all you want, and the way that I look at it, and this happens in all sports, Giannis, you play how things are being played, meaning that you do business how business is being done. If they're allowing it, then you continue to do it until someone stops you from doing it within the rules. I don't, you know, and again, we can argue, is it within the rules? Like I said, some think it is, some some don't, but... It's just, it's an interesting thing. But again, if you really are concerned about it, like Cooper was, tell your team to stop it. I mean, yeah. And it's, um, you know, there's so much activity when you're defending attacking corner kicks. We know that. And, um, you know, referees don't have a, a tendency to give penalties from corners unless it's extremely egregious. Um, they're more liable to give free kicks going the other way, especially if, if it's considered impeding the goalkeeper. Right. But I mean, you know, it, it's. Um, I think it's just. I think it's just. It's stupid handbags. If you instead of moaning about picks, just defend better. The ball is still only one ball. The ball's in the air. You know what it's going to do. You pick up the man and, and you, you act accordingly. I think it's just a little bit of. Um, uh, I think it's just gamesmanship trying to get to the, the officials before uh, ahead of the game. And um, if you look at the footage of the first goal, there were four Nottingham Forest defenders running after the ref, but there were two. If you look at the footage, there were two, including um, including Lewis Graben, just shrugging his shoulders, going, "I don't know what happened." So you know, it, it, it's um, 
no, I think it's just I think it's I think it's daft, and uh, the refs have enough on their plate without uh, picks. No, teams are complaining about picks. I've never watched a basketball game. Exactly, Giannis. It's no. funny because the way it is in basketball, it's part of the game. I used to throw picks all the time as long as I stayed my ground. It wasn't a what we would call a moving pick. A moving pick right. was against the rules. As long as you stood your ground, you were okay. And uh, I just find this interesting. Listen, if they have found something that works and it's within the rules and you know the referees aren't calling it, then you continue to do it. Absolutely. I think this is different, Giannis, than my issue with diving. Would you agree with that? Because I think that is outright cheating in my book. This is yes. a little bit different because I think that, again, if it's within – the play and you know again they're not calling it and this is something that again uh, like you said this goes on in the course of a match and they found something that works i don't see this as cheating Giannis. it sounds like you don't either no, no i don't and it's good that you raised the point about diving because i'm getting a little bored with um um admonishing you know challenges and and um making them worse or diving I've got a theory about that, um, and unfortunately, we've seen Fulham players do it. I actually think it should be a straight red. I don't. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. Blatant. I hate it, Giannis. You blatant know, cheating. I hate it. Yeah, it's cheating. You don't. You don't do it. It's not in the spirit of the game. Um, you've. You've trying to get an advantage is one thing, but deliberately, deliberately, um, deliberately diving or faking an injury or that sort of sort of stuff. There are certain things that I'd love to see brought into the game and, and that's one of them. Just yep. you dive and it's seeing that you've dived straight red. You tried to you've you've attempted to cheat the referee and cheat the officials um into gaining an advantage for your team and you've done it through deceptive means. And so you've cheated doing it. So off you go. There's the red. Okay. Excellent stuff. And as we've done on this show, we've been critical of people diving, including Fulham players. We have called yeah. them out as well. Yeah. It's not just about the other team. It's about Fulham players. I do not like when Fulham players dive. It drives me crazy, and I've called it out on this show. And we'll continue to do that because I do find that cheating, and I'm glad that we're being honest about that. We can wear our Fulham hats, but we can also see the difference between right and wrong, and I think that diving is cheating, and I'm glad that you – I mentioned straighter. I'm there with you, my friend. I'm totally there with you. I don't think that I'll ever come to that, but they need to really get this under control because it continues to go on and we'll see what happens with the diving. Okay, let's move on, my friend. Let's get your opening thoughts on West Brom. Before I do, I'm going to share some quotes from the press conference with Marco Silva sharing his thoughts on West Brom and I'll share those now and then I will get your thoughts on West Brom. So this is what... Marco Silva had the share today in his presser. Silva stated, quote, they are a physical team and they challenge from every aspect of the game, including throw-ins and corners. Their attackers are quick and they are strong. Okay? Their midfielders like to press and are strong in their moments as well. Okay, Giannis, let's get to it. Give me your opening thoughts on West Brom. I've heard a lot this week about their long throws that Fulham need to be prepared for it. Now, similar to us talking about the corner situation for other teams, Fulham need to be prepared for the long throws. There is no reason for them not to be prepared for this. If they concede from, give up a goal from a, a long throw, that's on them because they have to be ready for this. This is who you're playing against. 
But this is also a very good side. I've watched West Brom several times. I want to get your thoughts on West Brom. Um, they are, I agree. They're, they are a very good side. Uh, I, um, I like Valerian Ishmael as a coach. Um, I mean, mind you, anything was better than the dross and the slurry that um, that, that uh, Sam Allardyce served up last year. But um, I remember the first game of the season, they, they played down at the Vitality against Bournemouth and you know, finished 1-1, and they were the better side. Um, in that game, I thought they were unlucky not to win. They've got arguably the best goalkeeper in the, in the division in Johnston. Yep. Um, and you talked about the long throws. I'll tell you, um, when England played Andorra a couple of weeks ago, um, Jack Grealish's first goal for England stemmed from Johnston's absolutely brilliant throw out that completely had the, the Andorran back foot off guard. And um, it was a super goal, but it really was an, if you, as an assist. It goes to Johnston because it was really well set up. And we're going to have to keep an eye on that. I like, right. their, I like their... I really like their lineup. I think they're a good side. I, I actually think they're a better side than Bournemouth. Um, I agree. But they've just come up against teams like, well, Stoke City. I watched the Stoke City game. You know, they played okay. Stoke, difficult to play the Britannia. But you've got, they, you've got players like Ajay and Bartley at the back who are very good at set pieces. Obviously, I mentioned Johnston. Uh, Snodgrass has got a lot of experience. If they're playing with Malumbi, that's going to be a good, good test for our midfield. Up front, um, if, as I th- think, they're going to play the three-four-three, and you have Phillips, Hugo, and Grant up front, yep. they're going to they're going to give us they're going to give us some tests. And their bench, you got when you got someone like you know um, Dean Garner coming off the bench, um, you've you've definitely got quality. Uh, they've come off the back of a good win over Bristol City last week, and um, Ishmael's a good. I like his character. He's, he's spunky. He's not everybody's cup of tea, um, but I think it's going to be a very difficult game. And um, should it, it's going to be probably a sellout, um, and uh, it'll be a very good test for us against a team that will um, physically try and match up with us, and we're going to have to be alive to set pieces in particular. I think corner kicks could be a danger, as the Johnsons throw outs, their long throw-ins, uh, and they will fight for every ball. They're a very, very hard-working side, so it's going to be a good challenge. Okay, and that's good that you say that, Giannis, because you have to be switched on at all times because they're going to be taking advantage of any opportunity they get. And we're listening, yeah. we're talking about how Fulham are going to as well. I'm going to share this from Steve Reynolds. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is wasting 30 seconds for every long throw, is that bending the rules with regards to time wasting? Well, in, well, you could argue that. There was a, um, I'm just trying to think of the game recently. Oh, no, it was Switzerland. That's right. It was Switzerland against Northern Ireland, where Northern Ireland got a red card in injury time in the first half because the, 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 the ref deemed that the, the player was time wasting. Um, the problem is this if, West, if we go a goal up on West Brom, they're, they're chasing the game. Thrones won't take 30 seconds, they'll take 15, right. 10, 10 to 15. Secondly, does it really serve their purpose um, to, to slow the game down? Well, I mean, if you take 30 seconds to take a throw, and it gives us 30 seconds to get ready. I mean, it, it works both ways. It gives us a little bit more time to get, to get prepped. Teams that do things quickly are always a problem. Um, West Brom are a deliberate side um, in terms of their approach play. But having said that, again... Anything's better than the dross that they served up last year. West Brom were just so ugly to watch. And, yep. you know, 
Allardyce and the rest of the dinosaurs have gone the way of the um, the dodo. And Ishmael is a good young coach who yes. is passionate. And um, uh, I like the, I like their team. I like. I mean, I think we're a better side than them, but I do like their team, and I think this is going to be a difficult game. And as I said, you know, if that's the way they approach it, thirty seconds for throws, then suppose we have to deal with it. Okay, excellent. You've already mentioned a little bit about the West Brom manager, but let's talk about the players. You talked a little bit about them. In particular, which players do you think Fulham really need to concentrate on for West Brom? I think the strikers. I think the strikers. I think all three of them, uh, if he sticks, you know, Felix, Hugo, and Grant, they're all good strikers, but but Dean Garner's, you know, could could easily start tomorrow, and they've got pace, and... um, they're, they're very hard working. So um, our back four will be working hard tomorrow. They'll be working hard tomorrow and they'll need to be very, very careful not to be susceptible to the break because West Brom have the ability to hit you on the break. And um, their strikers, I happen to think their striker, strike force is better than uh, Bournemouth's. So um, respect to it's June, I'm sure that... Uh, Silver has said you're going to have to watch these guys. Right, there's good good experience there, and they're a good side. I mean, they're they a are quite a side. And I, you know, I think from what I've seen so far this year, they're probably going to deserve to be one of the three that goes up. I happen to think that that Coventry game was an aberration. I really do. I I, I don't think Coventry are that good. I think they caught us in a bad half, uh, in atrocious conditions. It's just one of those things. Um, I, I just I think the cream rises to the top of the end, and I think West Brom are going to be one of those sides. And um, you know the strikers, I think, are going to give us are going to ask some questions about back four. Okay, excellent, Giannis. Okay, coming up next, we switch to talking about Fulham as we preview this match, and we'll end with our predictions for the match. Okay, my friend. Before we really talk about key players for Fulham and how Fulham can win this match on Saturday, we do have some. News from the presser, and this is encouraging news. I don't know how much he's going to be involved, but he is eligible to play based on what I've heard from on Twitter about Fabio Carvalho. Will he play? I don't know, but it sounds like he potentially could be involved. This is huge news, my friend. What are your thoughts on Carvalho and also the drama behind the scenes, because we have this situation that continues to go on. He changed agents. We've talked about this several times and it's concerning. Can we just put that aside when it comes to watching the matches and just say, you know what, just let him play. And uh, you know, again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but what are your thoughts of Cavallo's potential return and what it can be? Well, he's been gone for nine games. And since then, we've heard uh, it sounds a bit Harvey Elliott-ish, you know, that um, it, he might be, he may be in the process of being turned because he's 18 and he's considered a, a young stud and his performances have been very good. And it's interesting because he's he's in direct competition with a 31-year-old in Tom Kearney. Right. Um, I, th- I mean, I'm excited to see him back, but, but, but um, Marco Silva's had a very deliberate pattern of dealing with injuries and, and, and reintegrating them back into to the lineup. And he's certainly been rather cautious in terms of the amount of time they train uh, before they're allowed, before they integrate or reintegrate back into the squad. So case in point, um, 
Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney, I think it was first game or two, didn't start. He's obviously trained very hard. Then he decided that he brought him on as a sub. And then he starts a full game. The same thing, I think, with Kenny Tete. Kenny Tete, I expect to start tomorrow. I do too. Danny Adwazan, I, 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 I know some fans have been, you know, pretty um, critical. I think Odoi's done a, a, a really solid job. I think Tete comes in, and I think Carvalho will get in, will be in the squad tomorrow, but he won't play a minute. I think this will be, um, I think he will, having him as part, part of the integration, reintegration is being part of the setup. And I think that if things go according to plan, uh, I don't think there's any point breaking the pattern that he's established as a coach, whereby he sits him on the bench and, and maybe gives him a practice or two more before he reintegrates into into to playing into the eleven or at least start as a sub. So um, it's nice for Cavallo, and I think he's going to be part of the squad tomorrow. But I'll I'll be surprised if he if he plays a minute tomorrow. I don't believe he will. Kenny's in there now. He's played yep. a full game against Forest. I think. Um, Seeing as Harrison Reed is now back and Seri is obviously available, we sort of know the three in the middle, and it won't be Carvalho. And uh, as for the, you know, distractions about contracts, I mean, right? There's not. I mean, again, end of the day, if you don't want to play for Fulham, leave. I mean, it's. Um, we, we just, there's nothing to suggest he's going to leave, but we don't seen, know. Yeah, and we've seen what's happened. We happened with Ryan Sessegnon and what a train wreck that turned out to be. The poor lad is still injured, and I mean, it really. What an what an what an awful situation! But then again, he chose to leave. Nobody was, you know, nobody was, um, you know, nobody put a gun to his head. He decided he was going to go to Tottenham, and we know how yep. that's worked out. So, um, Cavani, it's great to have him back in the setup, in the setup, part of the squad. But I don't think I don't think he'll get any playing time. And I think our next game isn't it Blackburn on Wednesday? Yes. Then then it'll probably be on. My prediction is he's going to be in the squad on Wednesday, and he'll get some time off bench and he may start against Peterborough next week but if Kearney's playing well there's no point in changing a winning side so he may have to be uh, patient before he gets any playing time and Giannis this is the advantage Fulham have right now because Fabio Carvalho if you put him on most sides and he can't play the way he started this season if you project outwards I think it really hurts your side yeah. it hurt Fulham with him being out but they find other ways and what, what I like about this team is that they have so many different options. You can just bring back, let's just bring them back. Let's bring back Tom Carity. Let's bring back Harrison Reed. Let's bring back these players. You still have Chalaba, who will be coming back from in the injury. So you have so many options that even though, say, if he could end up being one of your top players, you can overcome it. They've already shown they can overcome it. Yeah. I think they're a better team with Fabio Carvalho. I, I think that's pretty obvious in a short period of time. But they can play without him. They can play without Tom Kearney. They've learned how to win without several key players. The only one I haven't seen yet, and hopefully we don't have to see, is Mitro. So hopefully uh, Mitro doesn't get injured. But what's interesting about that, I even mentioned him. They have another option. We have Rodrigo Muniz now, who I actually want to see more of. I think that there's a lot of potential there. So that's what's interesting about this squad, is that there's so much depth. I Heard Jamie Reed on the uh, London Sports Show on uh, BBC London, which I would highly recommend you listening to. And he talked about the difference being right now with this team compared to a few of the other teams in the championship is the depth. The depth is immense. 
That gives Fulham an advantage. If they don't play Fabio Carvalho tomorrow, for example, that's okay. You have Tom Kearney. How many teams can do that? Fulham can do that. That's an advantage they have. All right. Okay, my friend, let's move on. Let's talk about who do you think will be key players in the match tomorrow? Uh, it's good to have. I mean, I think Harrison Reed will be there. He's going to be part of the lineup, and you know, pairing him with with Seri is going to be a great idea. I mean, Tom Kearney could be a, a straight matchup against Malumbi. Uh, the, the thing about Kearney against Forest is I really liked his his passing. Um, you know, he looks he looks he looks fit. He looks hungry. He looks ready. He looks mentally right, which is great. And I think Nathan, and the other person is Nathan's Cabano. And Nathan's Cabano has, um, you know, the, he's been an absolute, he's been a revelation. He was a couple of years ago, in the, you know, after the... You know, That's right. Yeah. Um, the goal he scored against Forrest, um, I thought, I mean, it was it was really Seri that set it up. It was just, yep. just superb. But Cabano's run was, was outrageous. And, 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 you know... Didn't dither first time shot and it's gone in and he'll be the first to tell you he probably wants to score more goals. But Cabana's been outstanding. What he's given us, um, that Cavallero has is nowhere close to giving us. It's giving us a dribbling option with pace of someone who can score goals and distribute the ball while you're keeping an eye on um, you know Harry Wilson on the other side, causing all his mayhem and cutting in. Uh, you've got two legitimate wing threats that, that fullbacks That's right. have absolute nightmares around. And the thing about Caballero is that if you have Caballero in there, um, you can you can just key on Wilson because Caballero is not going to cause problems. That's right. Bobby, Bobby Reed does. Uh, Bobby Reed does. But Bobby Reed in terms of dribbling isn't as good as, 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 um, uh, as Cabana. Cabano's Right now, one of the first players I put on the team sheet is that threesome of he, Wilson, and Mitro is scary. It's devastating. Scary, scary good. Yep. No, it's all true there, Giannis. And I'm glad that you've mentioned this because I think it's interesting to talk about keying on a player. If you try to take Harry Wilson out of the match, if you play someone like Cavallari, well, you can't do that no. with Cabano. I, I can also say, you know, and again, I love the job that. Denny Adoy has done. I think he's done a fabulous job, really has. But let's be honest, and I think you might have even mentioned it, the biggest loss so far from injury, I think, has been Kenny Tete more than Fabio Carvalho. Now you have Robinson on one side, Tete on the other, and you have these wingers that, again, are very attack-minded. I know that there might not be a Carvalho, but you have a very attacking minded team going into this match yeah, that yeah. again i i think really where's the weakness where's the weakness here going forward i mean there's a lot of strength involved like i said i would like to see carvalho but tom Kearney certainly doesn't hurt you and he's added something and i also want to mention this because you talked about Seri and cabano and we talked about this on the show before these are two players my friend that we weren't even discussing before the season began no you throw them into the mix it's literally like found money, even though they're still in the squad. We weren't even talking about them. So you're just adding more depth going back to what Jamie Reed said. Okay, my friend. Testament to Silver, what Silver's done since it's coming. I mean, players are on the outside looking in and the, the confidence. Um, I mean, Mitro's a completely different bloody animal. I mean, I, I, 
Um, I mean, I was saying he's lost weight. He looks motivated. He looks yep. valued. He, he looks like a player that, you know, 15 goals in 14 games. And the record is, what, 31, 32 goals. I think he's going to smash that. He could hit 40. And I think he could hit, he could hit 40 for fun. Because he's, he's he, you know, he's, he, as hey, Benjamin Bloom was saying, he, he's absolutely bang on. He's yep. a cheat code for this division. Absolutely. He scores what I, he wants. And, and I love when Ben says he calls him the cheat code. I love that. The cheat code, yeah. He's definitely the cheat code. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my friend. Listen, we do have to wrap up the show. So let's get to it. And let's get your starting 11 and then your prediction. If you're watching live with us, feel free to share your prediction as we end the show. Okay, so Rody goes in now. I don't think it's any accident that since Rody's come in, we're, you know, we're on a run. Uh, no disrespect to Gazaniga. I just think it looks, it's, it's a different look. Back four, Tete at right. Um, Robinson at left back, uh, Tosin and Lehman in the middle. Midfield's going to be a three, so 4-3-3. Seri with Reed and uh, Tom Kenny playing in front of him. Up front will be Wilson, Mitro and Cabana. Um, uh, I, I, I think that's a very strong lineup. And, I, and it's funny because Calavaya, as good as he is, um, if, if, if Kenny carries on playing like he did against Forrest, Calavaya's going to have a wait. He's going to have yeah. to wait, and, and Chilova, and Josh Onama. I mean, that's the, that's a level of the depth that we've got. Because Kearney can just, um, he can tear teams apart when he's fit. I know it's been really frustrating, but uh, he's, the quality that we've got in midfield, especially Seri, Seri right now is playing on, I don't know what planet he's playing on. Um, you know, the world's just revolving around the way he's playing in the centre of the park. So that 11, that should, that 11, I think, is, going to be the strongest lineup we can put out for tomorrow. Okay. Uh, as, I, for the, as for the prediction. Yeah, give me a prediction. 1-1. One, one. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think we've got the better side. I think we're better coached. I think we've got a better bench. But I, I like West Brom, and I think this is going to be a very tough game. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a super game. I really do. I think they will ask questions of us. That they're the best strike striking three that we've come up against uh, this year. I think we can definitely win the battle of the midfield. I think that's where we have them for breakfast. I think our, our front three will make it difficult for their back three, although I think they're pretty strong. But I do think their strikers will give our defenders some some problems. I think it's going to be a very even contest. Um, and, you know, Johnston is a, is a very, very fine goalkeeper. So... Um, I think the pressure's on them. If we beat them, we go four points clear. If That's they right. beat us, we go two points behind. Um, I think it's got all the makings of a draw. I, I think it'll be 1-1. I'd be delighted if we get a win. Okay. But I think I think it's going to be a draw. Okay, excellent. I'm going to give my prediction in just a second. I'm going to share some more predictions with from the phone supporters. Wayne says 3-1 to one to phone. Let's see what else we have. Let me just uh, pull some of these out. Sorry, I just got to... Do a Goldman here as I go through this. Let's see. Tight match. Fulham 2-1. to one. Rodak plays a big part. Ralph Leach says, like you, Giannis, 1-1. One, one. West Brom score from a long throw. That's my fear. Uh, I'm not going to discount that because that could happen, John. Barrow says Fulham 2-0. Okay, Giannis. And I want to, before I give my prediction, I want to say this because you said this already. And this is not a slight on Scott Parker and Bournemouth. I think the best two sides, when the season ends, the two teams that are going to get automatic promotion are Fulham and West Brom. I believe in these two teams. It's not that I don't believe in what's going on 
with Bournemouth. They are in front. They deserve to be there. But I think when everything shakes out, when the injuries start to happen, when the weather starts to get bad, I think the two teams that are built for the long haul are the teams playing tomorrow. I could be wrong. It could be Bournemouth getting one of the automatic promotions. But I think it's going to be these two teams. Okay, I also want to share another prediction. Let's see, Combuco 2-2 or 2-1 if Tosin can hit away all the long throw-ins. Like I said, Tosin's going to be key in this match. I'm glad yeah, that, sure. Colm, you mentioned I totally agree with you on that. I think he's going to be very important. Okay, Giannis, with all the respect that I have for my friend Andy from New Hampshire and all of the West Brom supporters who I have a lot of respect for and the team, I'm going to go for 3-1. to one. I don't like to go 2-1. to one. I think that it's going to be a very difficult match, but I think Fulham are ready for this. I think they're ready to win this match. I'm going to say at home, I'm going 3-1 to one to Fulham. Let's see if I'm right. Okay. Great show, my friend. I know we have to wrap it up. Any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, there's a message from one of the... He was, he was trying to... There was a bear here that was trying to get a message across. We'll just find out what he had to say. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Oh. He, okay. He says that Bournemouth are overrated. <laughs> what else you got to say? I don't... Really? He doesn't like that Scotty Parker fella. He thinks he's full of himself. <laughs> well, I mean, there he is. I mean, Bears, the Bears, Bears. You know, he's, he's, he's. Yeah. Are you sure about this? <laughs> oh, he doesn't like the way he left Fulham. Okay, well, I, I, okay, I, I, well, well, I, I'm with the bear on that. I'm, oh, I'm totally with the bear you know on what? that. I, I think. I mean, of all the, the, the teams I've seen, I, I, I agree with you. I think. I think us and West Brom are the be- two better teams. Bournemouth are like. Watching paint dry. It's hard, man. It's hard to watch them. It's really hard, you know. And listen, I don't want to say that and not give full credit to the players of Bournemouth and and obviously the sad situation right now with David Brooks. You know, I do have to say that. And also Scott Parker and stuff. They deserve a lot of credit, but they're difficult to watch. They really are difficult to watch. And let's see when they really have to face adversity. Let's see what happens. I know David Brooks is adversity, and they are dealing with it, but I'm talking about in-game adversity. I'm talking about when they're down. Let's see how they deal with it. You know, Fulham, listen, they, they've they been front runners. Let's see what happens with uh, with Bournemouth, and let's see when they really have uh, issues that they have to deal with. Anyways, great show, my friend. We do have to wrap this up. For my co-host, Jan Shanae, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. 
at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.